everybody. Welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber, and today we're going to be talking about neediness and desperation in dating and relationships. So before we get started with that, I just want to apologize if the audio is a little bit off today. My microphone has been acting up the last few weeks, and today it finally broke when I tried to use it. So I'm using my backup mic, and hopefully you can still enjoy this podcast, but it might sound a little bit different, and I apologize for that. So today I want to talk about something that comes up for all of us in dating and relationships, which is this feeling of neediness, desperation, when somebody's not texting you back, or the guy that you're dating starts to pull away a little bit, or he wants to go on vacation with his friends, and you feel so uncomfortable, and just that desperate, needy feeling that you don't even like to experience within yourself. And you know that when you act upon it, you drive the guy that you're dating away. So sometimes when we feel really needy, we try to control other people or we act really aloof or we just do things that aren't really in our best interest and aren't really supportive of creating a relationship with that person. So as we're exploring this topic together, I want to ask you a question. Where does neediness come from? And I really want you to think about that because your answer is really important and it's either right or wrong. Um, So I'll tell you the right answer. Neediness is an emotion and emotions are caused by thoughts. So when it comes to dating and relationships, neediness is not coming from an actual need. It's not coming from a gap. It's not coming from insufficiency in the relationship or you not getting something that you need. It's coming from a belief that there's something missing, that you need something from this person, that you need them to react in a certain way for you to be happy. And that's really important because if you think that the feeling of neediness is coming from something missing in your life or coming from them not doing something that you need them to do, you're going to try and control them, you're going to try and manipulate them, and you're going to react in a way that doesn't serve you. So let me give you an example from my own life when I was dating and how this would show up for me and how I would start feeling needy and create that feeling within myself. So the circumstance, the facts of the situation were there was a guy who I was starting to date and I really liked him and he didn't text me all day and it was like 9 p.m. And I saw that he was online. (laughs) You know how on Messenger or on WhatsApp you can see when somebody was last online and I saw he was online. So I knew he saw my message And I knew he was ignoring me or not responding or actually I just didn't know. And that's worse than just knowing what's going on, actually. So that's what was happening. And my thought was, maybe he's losing interest. Maybe he doesn't like me. Is it over? Is he going to text me back? What's happening? (laughs) And that started to create that sensation of neediness in my body And naturally, when that happens, when you have that situation where somebody's not texting you or they're pulling away or something like that, and you have those thoughts like, oh no, are they running away from me? Are they losing interest? And it creates that feeling. You naturally think the solution to make that feeling go away is them texting you. Because in the past, that works. 
So maybe later in an hour, he does text you and now you're so relieved. So now you learn that the solution to that was him texting you and there was something missing and then he gave it to you and now you feel okay. So anyways, let's say he's still not texting me. I have those first initial thoughts. What if he's losing interest? Is he rejecting me? Is he going away? That kind of thing. Underneath those thoughts are, what if this doesn't work out? If it doesn't work out, then I would be unhappy. And therefore, I need him to text me and like me in order to be happy. So when you think that way, it creates that needy, desperate feeling within you. And now when you think and feel that way, what kind of actions do you take? Maybe if you're like me, you start texting him a lot. Or you try to play it cool, so you'll just, like, text him again in, like, an hour or two. You know, just a casual uh, picture of you hanging out with your friends or something to just remind him that you're still there. Or maybe you'll just send a question mark. (laughs) Or I actually recently had a coaching consultation with somebody, and they were telling me how they read this book called, um, what is it called? why men love bitches or, and then I think there's a sequel, like why men marry bitches. (laughs) And she was saying like, I hate that approach because basically the book is saying whoever cares the least wins. And so when these situations come up with guys where they're not texting me, or maybe they're just pulling away, then I feel like the only way to attract them is to pretend to not care, to act aloof, to ignore them and things like that. So a lot of women believe in that and that's what they do. And if you're more involved with the person or maybe you're even even in a relationship, then you might try to control them or manipulate them into doing something that you feel like you need them to do. So maybe you'll guilt trip them into spending more time with you, or you'll create rules that they can't do certain things with their friends, or just creating all of these rules in order to control them so that you cannot feel this feeling within you. And what is the result of doing all that? Well, I think most of us have experienced that when we are predominantly in that really needy and desperate place, and we act on it in that way, we tend to repel the people that we most love and want. So that is the problem. (laughs) And the solution that I want to give you today is not numbing yourself, not pretending that you don't care, not being unwilling to feel that emotion. And Sometimes people are so desperate to get away from that emotion and they hate that feeling within themselves so much that they start doing things like not dating people that they really like and not putting themselves out there and only making safe choices in love and in dating. So the first thing that I want you to do is to decide ahead of time how you would think and feel about that situation or what you will choose to believe about that situation. It can be really hard to do this in the moment, but sometimes it can help to imagine that worst case scenario or that scenario where you just feel really uncomfortable and needy and scared and anxious and decide ahead of time what you want to believe and how you want to interpret that situation. So I'll give you a slightly unrelated example But in my family, my mom had a massive stroke 
I was really young at the time. I was like 20 and she was really, oh, I was actually maybe even 19. And my mom was also pretty young for having a stroke. She was like 40 something. My mom had me pretty early, like in her early 20s. And the whole thing was the hardest thing that I've ever been through. There was so much grieving and not only grief, but so much anger because part of the situation was that my mom had gone to the hospital the day before her stroke because she had a massive headache and they sent her home without checking her. And then the next day she had a stroke. So there's a lot of anger and resentment there in my family. And I feel okay with it now because my idea about it is people who work in hospitals are humans. So humans make mistakes and I don't see any point in resenting them or trying to punish them. But there was a lot of anger at the time. And anyways, part of what came up for me later on after the initial grieving process was this anxiety about my dad dying. And part of it was just like, the fact that my mom had a stroke was the first time I experienced that, you know, your parents are invincible and they can die. And so there was this fear of either one of them dying, but especially my dad dying because my dad is my mom's caretaker. And there was also a selfish part of me that at 20 years old didn't want to become a caretaker. And I felt like just just naturally in my family, that's what would happen. Like if something happened to my dad, I would be the one to take care of my mom. And I would, at the time I was thinking if that happened, I'd have to quit school, break up with my boyfriend, quit my business and move countries and become a full-time caretaker of my mom which is such a hard job, just even if it's not your mom, if it's anybody caretaking is such a challenging job because it requires so much patience. And there was so much anxiety about that happening. And also, so there's the fear of my dad dying and the pain of that. There's the fear of becoming a caretaker and needing to abandon all of my dreams and aspirations in life. And there was also a fear of seeing my mom so sad because my parents have been together for like 30 something years and they're attached at the hip and they're like they're super into each other (laughs) they really love each other and they spend every single second of every day together and they my dad loves taking care of my mom and my mom loves hanging out with my dad so There's also the fear of, I don't know what I would do if my mom was so sad. So all of that anxiety was coming up for me. And I used this process of deciding ahead of time. It wasn't really something I thought of, like using it as a tool. But one day I just decided that if that were the case and that happened, what I would believe is that it was supposed to happen. And that it was in everybody's highest interest and highest good. And that maybe there was something even more amazing in store in life for all of us and in our evolution after that painful fact. 
So maybe there was something in Switzerland that I hadn't discovered yet, or maybe a new career path, or maybe I'd get really close with my mom in that process. I can't know, but I just choose to believe that that is the case, and I choose to make the best of it if that is what happens. So sometimes in life, when there is a potential outcome that we're really anxious about and that we're really worried about, what if he doesn't text me back? What if he rejects me? What if he never wants to see me again? What if he breaks up with me? What if this person in my life dies? What if I lose my job? What if I get fired? All of these scenarios that we imagine, we think of that as the end and we just see darkness after that. So what if you chose ahead of time? Just choose to believe that if that happened, it was meant to happen and it means there's something even better in store or it's part of your destiny or whatever you believe in. You don't have to adopt my same belief, but just take some time to think about how do I want to react when things like that happen? How do I want to feel How do I want to talk to myself? Do I want to beat myself up and criticize myself? Or do I want to be on my own side? How do I want to treat other people when they reject me? Like, decide ahead of time. You don't have to have the same beliefs that I do that it was meant to happen or something. But choose something that helps you react in a way that feels good to you. And so when I made that decision about how to react, if anything else tragic happens in my family, with my mom, with my dad, the anxiety vanished. And that is a good thing because none of that stuff is happening right now. That's all happening in my head. So how does it serve me to be afraid of something like that happening? I will be sad. I will grieve. I will be angry. I'll be in the worst emotional state. If something like that happens, But I'm not going to spend my time being anxious before it happens and like spoiling the present moment with a potential threat in the future that is not guaranteed. Another tool that I want to offer you, and this might be something that feels good to you, it might not, but something that's really helped me in personal interactions is when somebody says something that triggers me or when somebody's not doing something that I want them to do. And it triggers me, it makes me feel needy, it makes me want them to be different or want them to give me something. I will literally just say to myself silently in my head, I will interact with them, I'll talk to them, and I get triggered and I think to myself, I don't need you to be anybody other than who you are. And I accept you just as you are. And that, for some reason... (laughs) really helps me when I find myself being in that place. It helps me with people where I feel like they're judgmental and I don't like the judgment that I'm getting. It helps me with people where I want something from them. I want their approval. I want their love. I want them to praise me. I want them to think I'm cool. And I just say that to myself. I don't need anything from you right now. I don't need you to be a different version of yourself. And that just makes me feel so much more calm. And it puts me in a state of complete acceptance of the situation and that person. And I want you to make the distinction that this is not you saying, I don't need you. (laughs) That feels very different. That's not 
like accepting the person that's rejecting the person that's saying like, I could care less about you. And that's not what I want to feel with people that I care about. What I want to feel is accepting of them and accepting of myself. So we talked about the mindset part of it. And the last thing that I want to offer you is the action part of it. So you can change your mindset and all of that, but oftentimes we put ourselves in situations that trigger neediness. So for example, something that I used to do is wait all day at home by the phone for a guy to call. (laughs) So how am I not supposed to feel needy and not supposed to be thinking about him all day when literally that's how I planned my day to revolve around him? And that was like back when I had a landline, but nowadays it might look like me checking my phone constantly. Did he text yet? Did he text yet? Did he text yet? Putting my phone on loud so that I can be aware of when he's texting me. Um, Texting him constantly and checking in and checking in. Controlling him. Just all of those things that make me feel more needy. And if I didn't do those things, it wouldn't set me up to feel needy. So think about for yourself what situations do you put yourself in that make you feel needy? Okay, this is a super long episode already. (laughs) I'm not sure if you guys prefer shorter or longer ones. For me, it depends on the podcaster, but I feel like my episodes tend to be better when they're shorter. So I'm going to wrap up today. If you have questions, there is a uh, form on my website for you to submit your question to the podcast. You can also sign up for a complimentary one-hour call with me to discuss coaching and taking this work even deeper. And in the show notes of this podcast, there are going to be a few links for you to get a free guide for copy and paste text for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. So that's definitely going to round out this episode if you're feeling needy and anxious and desperate when he's pulling away, acting flaky, not doing what you want, and you're not sure what action to take, then that guide is going to be super useful for you. And you can also sign up to be an early bird for when I release my online course about freedom from jealousy. So if you or somebody else that you know struggles with jealousy, definitely check out that link and sign up to get updates about that. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an amazing day. Bye.